Welcome to GB Core Content. In this episode, we're going to be talking about acute uh, angle closure glaucoma. Uh, just a bit of overview to begin with. Remembering that there's two types of glaucoma, and while they have the same name, they're completely different. So acute angle closure glaucoma is like DKA, and um, open angle glaucoma is more like your type 2 diabetes. So acute angle closure glaucoma is an ophthalmological emergency. And open angle glaucoma is more of a chronic disease. So in the case for today, we're going to talk about Feng, who's a 55-year-old woman of Chinese descent. She's got a history of myopia, and she presents to you a country practice with severe left eye pain, red eye, nausea and vomiting, which started last night while she was watching an emotional TV show in the dark. She can now barely see a hand in front of her face, and she states that all the lights have rainbow halos around them. So what's your primary diagnosis there? Obviously we're talking here about acute angle closure glaucoma. Remembering that's different from open angle glaucoma. So what are the key features of history in acute angle closure glaucoma? They're basically having frontal headache, vomiting, nausea, severe ocular pain, which is severe and progressive, can be confined to the eye but spreads to the orbit with an associated headache. Eye redness, blurring of vision, progressing, progressing to visual loss, having coloured halos around lights. It's usually bilateral, though it can be asymmetrically affected. So what are the likely differentials for this presentation above? So you want to think about causes of a red, painful eye and a lot of the differentials uh, for red eyes are in play, including iritis, keratitis, herpes zoster ophthalmicus, scleritis and episcleritis, optic neuritis, I guess with that visual uh, acuity decrease, uh, all your conjunctivitis, any corneal disorders such as keratitis, which we kind of said before, and endophthalmitis. What are the key features of examination in acute angle closure glaucoma? So in examination, you're going to see a patient who's generally unwell. So they're really unwell with intense eye pain, they're nauseated and vomiting. You'll see injection of the conjunctivae. The visual acuity will be decreased. You know, it can be anywhere from mild to marked. Uh, visual field loss, the eye itself be rock hard to palpation. Uh, intraocular pressures are typically severely elevated at greater than 50. The pupil itself will be mildly dilated and non-reacting. The cornea will be cloudy, swollen, and you'll have a shallow anterior chamber. Uh, on fundoscopy, you'll see pronounced cupping. You may see spontaneous arterial pulsations, which are in a particularly bad sign. You may see pale central depression of the optic disc and an increased cup-to-disc ratio of greater than 0.6. Remembering a cup-to-disc ratio is uh, very operator-dependent. A normal cup-to-disc ratio is 0.3, and depending on what you read, um, 0.6 is indicative of uh, acute angle closure glaucoma or you know, indicative of abnormality. 
So what's a normal intraocular pressure? So from what I read, it's 10 to 21 milligrams of mercury with 22 and above being abnormal and acute angle closure. Glaucoma, you might see pressures up to 50. So what are the diagnostic criteria for acute angle closure glaucoma? So it used to be that glaucoma was diagnosed solely on intraocular pressure greater than 21, but now there's a few different diagnostic criteria for it. Uh, so one of them is presence of at least two of the symptoms of ocular or periocular pain, nausea, vomiting, history of intermittent blurring of vision with halos, so greater than two of those symptoms, or an intraocular pressure greater than 21, or presence of at least three of these signs, including conjunctival injection, corneal epithelial edema, mid-dilated unreactive pupil, and a shallow anterior chamber. So they're now the diagnostic criteria for acute angle closure glaucoma. So what would be the most important immediate first step in management of acute angle glaucoma? So to answer this question, I really had two. Um, one would be commencing treatment, depending on where you are, and the other would be referral to ophthalmologist. I guess, you know, depending on the location, it's important to not delay the commencement of treatment before referring to ophthalmology, but I guess you're in the city, you could conceivably refer and get them to the eye clinic quicker. What are the key features of immediate management in acute angle closure glaucoma? So I guess in this you've got a choice of different types of uh, eye drops or uh, P or IV medications. Um, it depends on which one, you, which source you read but I guess consistently there's talk about uh, acetazolamide, giving 500 megs of that IV or PO as your first line in acute angle closure glaucoma with a crisis there. So acetazolamide is a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor and it blocks production of aqueous humour. Uh, depending on what you read, they say that you know by the time you see, I guess, an acute angle closure glaucoma crisis, uh, it's, too, it's too far gone for the topical eye drops to work. So a lot of, well not a lot, a lot but not all sources recommend using IV or PO acetazolamide. If you do use topical drops, you can use a topical beta blocker, so Timolol 0.5%, and you can use one drop of that, and that blocks production of aqueous humour. You can use a topical alpha-2 agonist, such as apraclonidine 1%, one drop, and again, this blocks production of aqueous humour. Well, and if that all fails, you can use IV mannitol, 1 to 2 grams per kilo IV. And this acts to reduce the volume of aqueous humour. And then once your intraocular pressure is below 40, you can start using topical pilocarpine, 1 to 2%. One drop every 15 minutes but you need to wait until the intraocular pressure is below 40 before doing that because doing it above 40 will make it worse. And pilocarpine facilitates the outflow of aqueous humour. In this initial period, you want to make sure that you're regularly rechecking intraocular pressure, immediately referring to ophthalmologists. Some of the things the ophthalmologist may want to do are things like topical steroids, compression gonioscopy, or peripheral iridotomy.
And in that acute phase, there are some additional indirect things you can do, such as having head up 30 degrees, treating your nausea and vomiting symptomatically, remembering that vomiting will also increase your intraocular pressure, so you want to keep that to a minimum. And I guess down the track, um, you want to look at maybe addressing any of those risk factors that caused glaucoma in the first place. So what are the categories of medications to treat glaucoma? So the categories of meds include topical beta blockers, topical prostaglandin derivatives, topical alpha-2 adrenergic agonists, topical or systemic carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, topical myotics or systemic hyperosmotic agents. So we kind of talked about those before, but we'll go through them again just quickly because they're relevant for uh, both acute and chronic glaucoma. So beta blockers include timolol, um, 0.25 to 0.5% solution, one drop initially, twice daily. Beta blockers used widely. They're basically a non-selected beta blocker that lowers intraocular pressure by reducing aqueous secretion. The side effects of these are pretty much the same as the side effects of oral beta blockers and include bradycardia, bronchospasm and hypotension, plus more, and they're contraindicated in heart block. The prostaglandin derivatives include latanoprost, which is zalatan, or traviprost or bimataprost. Uh, basically, they're a synthetic prostaglandin, and they act to lower the intraocular pressure by increasing outflow through the uveoscleral pathway rather than the trabecular meshwork. Some of the side effects of latanoprost would include things like iris color change, you can enhance your eyelash growth, you can get red eyes after therapy, and you can get HSV reactivation and increased rates of macular edema. The alpha-2 adrenergic agents include apriclonidine, 0.5% solution, one to two drops three times daily. Or you can use brimonidine, one drop three times daily. These act to stimulate the alpha-2 receptors in the ciliary epithelium and reduce the formation of aqueous that way. Um, alpha-2 are really good for short-term pressure control, but they lose their potency if used in the long term. Side effects include local allergy, uh, and you can get systemic effects like fatigue and lethargy with them. So the carbonic anhydrase inhibitors, uh, which include acetazolamide, uh, also brinzolamide and dorsolamide, um, basically they act to, again, not sure how they act, I said that before. Uh, acetazolamide can be administered IV in acute attacks, but it's not useful long-term due to a lot of side effects, which include malaise, fatigue, depression, weight loss, libido loss, metabolic acidosis, Stephen Johnson syndrome, blood dyscrasias, etc. The topical myotics include pilocarpine, 1-4% solution, 1-2 drops in the affected eye every 4-12 to hours. These are the oldest treatment for glaucoma. Basically, they work to contract the ciliary muscle, which then pulls on the trabricular meshwork and enhances the outflow of aqueous. The side effects of pilocarpine include permanent meiosis, reduced visual acuity, constriction of the visual field. Uh, and lastly, the last category of medication you can use to treat glaucoma is systemic hyperosmotic agents such as IV mannitol, 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo. 
uh, infused as a 15, 20 or 25% solution over 30 to 60 minutes. These work quickly to reduce the volume of aqueous humor and reduce your intraocular pressure that way. Cool, so what are the complications of acute angle closure glaucoma all up? So the complications include permanent loss of vision, repetition of the acute attack, attack in the um, central retinal artery or having a vein occl occlusion. Cool, so thanks for that. As usual, uh, references are available on request. Um, got a lot of them. Um, all the cases in the notes are originally derived from the entirety of the source content available. Uh, I can't guarantee these questions or sub-questions are on the KFP exam, so use this at your own risk and don't use this as medical advice. Cool. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, talk to you soon.